right, wonderful. Let's take our Bibles this evening then. Let's go to James chapter 1, okay? James chapter 1, as you're turning there, there's a great important question that uh, many of you have already asked me this evening. You know what it is? Did y'all win last night? <laughs> no. But we had a good time, all right? And uh, appreciate all the fellows that came out. We have a good time with that. And like, like we say, the, the, the two most important things about playing men's softball, at least through Boiling Springs, is this. Number one, don't get hurt. Number two, have fun in that order, all right? And uh, we did have fun, no doubt. And there might have been somebody or two that may tweak or something here or there. But anyway, we still had a great time with it. And, uh, and as, all, as always, if you can't laugh at yourself, let us do it for you, okay? Anyway, all right. James chapter 1 this evening is where we'll be. And as we find our place here, just keep this uh, main thing in mind, all right? As we come to the book of James. Keep in mind that James is writing to Jewish believers who have been scattered from their home. All right, And they've been uh, scattered largely because of the persecution that they're suffering from the religious and even political crowd of the day. So keep in mind the audience to whom James is writing are people who are struggling. They are hurting. Uh, they are suffering immensely. Uh, confused, no doubt. But he's sitting down to write to them from a pastor's heart to instruct them and encourage them to continue on with the Lord, with this general epistle, all right? So keep all that in mind as you read the book of James, okay? But as we come to, back to James chapter 1 this evening, uh, James has primarily been dealing with this main word, as we've seen it a few times at least, this first chapter, uh, this word of temptations. And uh, this word has a different meaning, two different meanings at least, that we see in the context of James chapter 1. And the first meaning we've seen is this one, temptations as in trials, troubles, and persecutions. You can see that in James chapter, two, or chapter 1 verse 2 through verse 12. And then the second meaning of the word of temptations is that of enticement to sin or that of evil or, or to enticement to do evil. And you can see that in the context of verses 13 through 16. So at this moment, at this time, as James is starting out his instruction and encouragement through this letter, it seems that these first century believers were facing many different temptations on many different levels, even at the very same time. They were facing all this in the first century. And guess what? You and I face the same things even in the 21st century. But as we face these temptations, as we face the trials, difficulties, troubles of life, as we face the temptations of being tempted in our flesh and tempted by the world, and of course all that being encouraged by the devil and his minions, as you face the temptations of life, it can be quite frustrating, can it not? Absolutely it can. It'd be frustrating going through difficulties of life and you just burden with it all. You just get angry and because of your anger you lash out at family or friends. You speak out of turn and you say things or do things you soon regret. All because the pressures of life that you face through trials and difficulties. Anybody ever lash out, wish you hadn't? Said something you regret? Did something, and you're like, man, I wish I could take that back. Anybody or just me? Okay, a few of us. All right, welcome, sinners. I'm glad you're here with me, all right? <laughs> but it happens, especially as we face difficulties and pressures of life. And I can imagine 
That was their temptation too, their, at least the temptation to respond in such a way. And we can kind of see that, at least gets a sense of that as we read James chapter 1. Look at it with me in verse 19 through 21. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. So, so notice quickly these, these words of instruction that James is giving here as he says, look, be swift to hear. Uh, be slow to speak. Uh, be slow to wrath or slow to get angry. And listen, if, if someone instructs you or tells you to, hey, look, perk up and listen, or slow down and stop talking so much, or, or just slow down a little bit, you're, you're just too quick to get mad. If someone says that to you or tells that to me, it would seem they're telling it to you because you are frustrated and maybe a little bit angry. Yes, that's what I kind of see it here at least a little bit. And so as we begin to dive into this last Wednesday, we considered this title, Our Temperament Through Trials and Temptations. All right? So this is going to be the same title, but part two, uh, as we see that from this portion of Scripture. So let's finish up this message this evening. And just real quick, as we just, just as an introduction, uh, keep in mind that last time we took note of, when we get frustrated through the trials of life, we get frustrated through the temptations of life, when you are tempted to be that way, number one, consider, remember, consider the goodness of God. As James told them in verse 17, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. James is letting them know, I understand what you're going through. I know that you're going through some very negative days and it's a lot easier to focus on the bad than it is the good. But understand that temptation to you're enticed with by doing evil, that struggle did not come from God because that's not who our God is nor is that what our God gives. No, our God is good. Everything that he gives is good. Good here, meaning beneficial, pleasant, useful, agreeable, even carries the idea of something that would bring joy and happiness, all right? So understand, God is good, and he gives us good gifts. Everything good in this world and everything good that we have has come from God. Never forget it. And again, on a practical note, when you face those difficult days and struggles, take you a pen and a notepad, sticky note, something. Text it to a friend. Send a smoke signal, but send it of your blessings, all right? Of how good God has been. Because I promise you, when you sit down and write out how good God has been to you, you'll find out there are far more good things in your life than bad. But yet we're tempted to focus on that one bad thing. You had a hundred good things go right for you today. But you may have had one. As you walked in this door, you know, the first thing you told somebody, you told them about that one bad thing that happened to you, right? Yeah, I know. It happens to all of us. But focus on the good. Focus on our good God. All right, what else can we do when we find ourselves being frustrated through the trials and, and temptations that we face in life? Not only look and focus on how good God is, but do this. Number two, here's what will be tonight. Guard yourself. 
Guard yourself. Look again at verse number 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Now, whenever you see this word here, the first word of verse number 19, when you see this word, wherefore, or you see it, it's a counterpart, or really it's a sister, I should say, rather, therefore, the wherefore or the therefore in the Bible, just know it means because of this. That's what he's saying, because of this. You see, this word is making a reference to what was previously said, okay? And it is drawing us to make a decision based on those previous statements or arguments. Now, we already know and have established what has come before this word wherefore. We already know that in the context, James is talking about the trials and troubles and persecutions. He's talking about their temptations, the enticement to sin, to do evil. But yet still through all of that, God is still good. Yet still, through those times, we still have this temptation to become frustrated, angry, vengeful, or even worse. So with that potential, that potential wrath and angry response... With all that in mind, James tells them to put up a guard in three areas of our lives. In hearing, in speaking, and in our responding. Uh, Let me ask you a question. How many of you know that when you face difficulties of life, when you face struggles of life, uh, these three areas of our hearing, speaking, and responding, they can be the troubled areas to hear right, speak right, and respond right? Anybody know that I am right? Okay. It's true. These can be the tough areas to control. You know, when the tough times come and we've only heard half of the story or worse, we've been fully lied to, yet we want to speak our minds. And in doing so, we do more damage than good. Those type of times, right? It happens. And since is the case so many times in our lives, we must, we must, we must put up a guard in our lives, especially through those times of life. So number one, guard this, all right? Guard what you hear. Guard what you hear. Now, there are certain gates that we have in our lives that we allow things from the outside to get on the inside. And those gates we're talking about are the five senses, okay, which are smell, taste, touch, hearing, and sight. And of those gates that could be one of the most influential, I believe, is very much the eye gate. But a second close, or close second rather, would be that of hearing. Uh, What we hear is a big deal. Because listen, what we allow ourselves to listen to on a consistent basis will have an effect on our lives. Amen. It will happen. Uh, Did you know if you allow yourself to hear gossip all the time, guess what you'll become? It's in, the answer is in the question. A gossip, that's right. All right. If you allow yourself to hear someone who's always bitter on a consistent basis and are just spewing their bitterness, guess what you're going to become? Bitter. Uh, Listen, if you always listen to someone who's just pouring out fear all the time, you watch the news all the time, it's full of fear all the time, guess what you're going to become? Fearful, all right? Be careful what you 
hear. We've got to be careful we allow ourselves to listen to on a consistent basis because it will affect our lives. It will affect our thinking. It will affect our perception even. I remember uh, just recently a, a preacher friend of mine uh, took a trip over to Switzerland. And while he was there, he was the only American there on the, on the tour he was at. And folks found out he was from America because, well, I mean, he talks like us, okay? We, we stick out like a sore thumb in other countries, so y'all know that. But uh, uh, anyway, he said there's a, a lot of folks from Australia and other places on the tour. And they said, where are you from? He said, well, I'm from America. And he said, Western North Carolina. And they said, oh, I heard America is just the most dangerous place to live in all the world right now. He's like, well, why do you say that? He said, well, we've been watching the news, and the news tells us how dangerous it is and how many people die over there every day, and there's murders left and right, and it's just so dangerous. He said, oh, you're probably talking about Chicago or something like that, but not where I'm from, the mountains. He said, it's pretty safe, you know, and, and we've got a pretty good, pretty good uh, deputies and good sheriff and, and good this, you know, good law enforcement, good first responders, yada, yada, you know. He said, uh, that's just kind of perception that your news is wanting you to know about America, but it's all wrong, right? He said, just don't listen to that. Understand, we've got to be careful what we listen to. It's all I'm trying, trying to say because some of the things we listen to, not always good, not always right nor are they always godly. And sometimes those things we listen to, the loud voices we want to listen to, or at least speak the loudest in our lives, are usually, not always, but usually, they're not of God. Because how does God speak to us? He speaks, as the Bible says, through a still, small voice. The Bible says in 1 Kings 19, 9 through 12, And he came thither into a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? Remember, this was Elijah. He's on a run from, uh, from Jezebel. And he's afraid for his life. And, and he said, Elijah said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life. To take it away, and he said, Go forth. Stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong and a strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. Now understand, he speaks quietly. Many times through his word. That's how he speaks to us today, through the word of God. And maybe it's not very loud because you've got to read it, words on a page. But it still speaks softly and bluntly to us. Remember what Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16 through 19, when Peter said, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For we were with him in the holy mount. <clears throat> For we received from God the Father honor and glory, and we came such a voice from him, excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard, we were with him in the holy mount. We have also, listen, he says this, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, 
whereunto you do well to take heed. Uh, listen, Peter was saying, we have heard the actual thunderous voice of God out of heaven, but I'm telling you, there is something more sure, more stable, more concrete, even more trustworthy than an audible voice thundering out of heaven. And he said, what is it? It's the word of God. That still, small voice of the Word of God as you get into the Bible and you listen to what God has to say. And he went on to say, take heed. You better listen. Take heed to that Word. All I'm saying when it comes to listening to all the voices that are trying to speak into our lives, we must make sure the one we're allowing to take root is that still, small voice of God through the Word of God. So are you listening to God as he speaks from his word? Because we must be swift to hear, but hear the right things. Hear the truth of God. Guard what you hear. All right? What else should we guard? Okay. So here back in verse number 19, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. But here it is, slow to speak. So be careful or guard what you say. You know, if we're not careful uh, what we hear, if we're not careful about what we hear, then we will be very flippant about what we say. Uh, Meaning we are too quick to shoot off the mouth or too quick to regurgitate what we've already heard, not know if it's true or not. Listen, that can be dangerous. We We must be slow to speak. But if we're quick with our words, this will get us into trouble more times than not. The Bible says in Proverbs 10 verse 19, In the multitude of words, in the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. Do you know who is considered the wisest man in all the Bible? Of course, other than Jesus, all right? It is Solomon. Solomon was the human penman of which three books? Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, and Proverbs. He is the human penman of those three books. But in the book of Proverbs, Solomon is giving great wisdom, all right? Wisdom that he knew because he lived it. (laughs) And so he's trying to help with his mistakes, obviously, in some of these things. But wisdom that God gave him. But as he's writing a book of wisdom here through the Proverbs, he gives some great wise advice and wise counsel to his son when he said this in Proverbs 4, 23 through 24. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Meaning he was letting him know that from the condition of our hearts comes the conduct of our lives. And again, just as a reminder, he's not referring to that, that uh, organ in your body that pumps your blood, okay? Rather, he's speaking about our Minds, because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, right? So as Solomon is making this emphasis, he lets it be known what has the potential to condition our hearts, what has the potential to condition our minds. And he says this has that potential. In Proverbs 4.24, Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Basically saying, boy, you better watch what you say. Be careful what you say. Uh, let me ask you, did, did, your, did your dad or mom ever say, boy or girl, you better watch your mouth. Anybody heard that come from your parents or is that just me? I promise I heard it a lot. Yeah, uh, we've, we've been there and I'm glad I'm amongst sinners this evening. But anyway, he's basically saying that to his son. 
He's saying you'd better be careful what you say. Why? Because what you say matters. Have you ever heard the phrase, or maybe even say the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I've heard that phrase many times. I've probably even said it a few times. And I understand what is trying to be taught from that phrase. Uh, that uh, we're trying to teach people to rise above words and, and be stronger than just a mere word. And I can understand that. But, under, but understand this. The fact still remains that that's not always the case. Because out of the same mouth can come words that are very helpful, pleasant, like a honeycomb. Pleasant like a cool drink of water on a hot summer day. Or they can be very hurtful. They can be like uh, the bees that come with that honeycomb. And uh, we have a beekeeper with us, Ben. All right, no, that's good. I'm not a big fan of bees, but I do like honey. (laughs) But it can be both at the same mouth. And here's what Pastor James would later have on to say about this. We'll get to this chapter shortly, eventually. But he says in James chapter 3, verse 6 through 10, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, and of birds, and serpents, of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It's unruly evil, full of deadly poison, Therewith, bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made of the similitude of God. After the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursing. And listen to what he says. My brethren. <laughs> he ain't talking to lost politicians of his day that are causing great harm to these dear believers. He's not talking to the religious cl- crowd of the day who are, who are bringing great persecution against these uh, brethren. These believers. No, he's talking to believers when he says this, my brethren, these things ought not so to be, meaning they were coming out of their mouth. Understand through troubles and tribulations, we have the tendency to be quick to speak our minds, doing not. We have that temptation and tendency. But understand our words can do more damage than we could ever think. They can cut deeper than we could ever imagine. And those cuts and those wounds from those words can last a very long time. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, verse 7 through 8, A fool's mouth is his discretion, and his lips are the snare of the soul. The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. And sometimes the words that we say can go to the deepest places in our very lives, the innermost parts of our lives. What can reach that? Words. So I understand that sticks and stones may break my bones and words may never hurt me, but that just ain't true. Because it can do even worse damage. Sometimes I'd rather get punched in the face than hear some, some cross things or criticism of whatever, right? You know what I'm saying. But It's happened before. Those are tough. Those words can be tough. Now, I know sometimes we, when we say things out of turn or say, say something a little cross, especially when we're going through difficulty and pressures of life, I, I know we may try to excuse those times or things we say by saying, after we cool off, of course, saying, yeah, you know, I, I really didn't mean that. I just... 
you know, I didn't, I didn't mean what I said, you know, last week when I got so upset and I was so under much pressure. But understand, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says in Matthew 12, 34, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. As the old farmer would say, what's in the well comes out, the, comes out in the bucket. So what's on your, in your heart, it'll come out your mouth. That's what I'm saying. So maybe you were thinking it at your heart, right? And you said it. You don't always got to speak your mind. Be slow, slow to speak. Be careful what you say because, listen, it may reveal the condition of your heart. In Matthew 12 and verse 35, a good man and the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, and the evil man of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. We've got to be careful what we say. We must guard what we say. Please be careful. The Bible says in Colossians 4, 6, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. That's how we should talk. With grace, seasoned with salt. That's how we should talk. In Psalm 141, verse 3, Set a watch, a guard, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep or guard the door of my lips. We've got to be careful what we say. Because understand, we all face difficult days. We all are going to face troubles and, and, and struggles. But during those times, we must guard our mouths. Because if we don't, we're going to say some things we re will regret and some things we can never take back. Be careful what you say. I'm asking God to help us all. As James says, these things ought not to be brethren. I'm asking God to help us all to guard our lips. And may the words that we speak to each other be of grace and truth. Because listen, you can speak the truth. But as, as Paul said to Timothy, do so in love, right? Because if you do so in love, guess what? It's going to be received, not rejected. Be careful what you say. Look at it again, verse number 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Perk up, listen more than you talk. Be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. So not only be careful what you hear, guard that. Be careful what you say, guard that. Here, guard this one, how you respond. How you respond. And... Uh, I don't have enough time this evening to dive into that one fully like I would like to, okay? So we'll look at that next Wednesday. But just know, guard how you respond. Too many times we react. There's a difference. Please know there's a difference between reaction and responding. Too many times when we react, it's out of anger, out of our flesh, out of wrath. But when we respond, if we guard it, it should be after we've thought, patient, uh, after we've listened more than we've talked, we can have a right response, all right? So just guard that. Be careful, especially through times when you're struggling. Maybe you're, you're struggling at home. Maybe you're struggling at work, just struggling in life in general. Guard these areas of your life, please. Or you're going to say and do things you're going to regret. <laughs> 